0: Welcome to another episode of Disney Versus, the coming together of all quantized fields of the universe, appearing in form that the human ears can comprehend. This is also the podcast where we have animated discussions about animated movies. I'm Tori. I'm Grace. Grace, it's okay. You can laugh at that.
1: (laughs) I I chuckled a little bit. It's a little bit. It's a little long. It takes a second. Mm
0: -hmm. Today, we are talking about the long-awaited animated feature, Soul. It's taken forever and a year for this movie to come out. And we are so happy that it finally came out. We're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about Burrow. The short that was released with it, it wasn't... They weren't connected, but they came out the same day. So why not? I'm excited about this film. There's only one person I can think of that was more excited about this film than me. So I had to get her on the podcast to talk about it with us. Alyssa... Is here. How are you, Alyssa?
2: I'm doing great. Excited to be on a podcast. I've never been on one before.
0: Oh, it's going to be fun. (laughs) Ooh, exciting. Alyssa is a soul super fan. Yeah.
2: I waited for this movie. I found out a year before it came out. And I think I texted Tori immediately as soon as I found out. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And then. I waited and waited and waited, and then it got pushed back, and I think I was more sad than I've ever been in my life.
1: (laughs) Oh.
0: (laughs) They got pushed back, and then they took it out of theaters.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: Very depressing.
0: How have y'all been?
1: I am working on my uh, managerial accounting midterm this weekend, and I had immersion for a new class today, so I've already had three hours of class, and then I've been staring at my midterm for three hours and it's like I thought I thought I knew it I thought I was doing fine and it's like all of the content just fell out of my head like I don't know where it went that's really frustrating because I didn't want to spend 12 hours of my weekend working on a test as you do so that sucks but we're famous so I told Tori yesterday and I don't know if I messaged him that we were famous
0: you told me we were famous but you didn't say why
1: Yes. So Tori's <laughs> going to learn why we're famous right now. Um, so I was at a work happy hour with um, with one of my teams and we, as part of the exercise or part of the activity, we uh, had to share something that most of the people on the team didn't know about you. So I shared that I have a Disney podcast and people were asking all sorts of questions. And so I gave them the spiel about it being a bracket and one of the guys comes on and he's like, oh my God, I've been listening to your podcast with my daughter for a minute and I was trying to figure out where I recognize your voice from and I was like, oh, that's cool. So he's probably listened to like a couple episodes or something, right? Like, oh, wow. no biggie. But then someone was asking who the final four were and I named like three of the four and couldn't remember one of them and Matt popped in with, it was Wally and I was like, oh shit. So like he's like, Legit, so I feel super famous. Um, that's awesome. Go listen to us on Spotify, peeps. Oh my goodness! Wow, uh, that's pretty so cool. Good. That's amazing. Not really. That means like we have one.
0: That's all it takes. <laughs> I
1: did have, I did have lots of people ask to drop the link though, so I shared it. So okay.
2: So Tori knows this, um, but I am in a ministry residency program, so I'm training to be a college minister at the university of north texas and texas women's university and that (laughs) involves like taking theology classes and things like that so i'm currently avoiding doing all of my homework for those classes because (laughs) it's too much brain power (laughs) i just don't have the mental capacity for it at the moment but we're good
0: as some of the country may know it's cold in texas right now like really cold so I've just been working and preparing for you know the ramifications of it being cold and the roads being impassable and having a closed store for multiple days also recovering from uh, just a lot of stuff this has been a rough beginning of the year for me so just poor Tori. hanging, chilling, a little bit of illing we have a little bit of news
1: aside from that we're famous aside
0: (laughs) from being famous roger and hammerstein's cinderella was just put on disney plus if you have been living under a rock or was born after the 90s roger and hammerstein's cinderella the one that i'm referring to is the 1997 version of cinderella starring brandy as cinderella and whitney houston as the fairy godmother it is a staple in i'm going to say black culture and like disney fan culture for certain sex because the cast is so diverse apart from those two uh Whoopi goldberg bernadette peters jason alexander victor garber and paulo maltabon are part of the cast uh, cliff notes Cinderella is black. The prince is Filipino. his mom is the prince's mom is black, and his dad is white.
1: What is that diversity? Wow,
2: <laughs> I haven't seen that movie in so long. It's...
1: I used to get my the song impossible, and I'm sure I'll leave this podcast with it stuck in my head, but all the time, mm-hmm. I love that movie. Mm-hmm. I'm sure it's like awful. I'm sure it's not good, <laughs> but I haven't seen it in like. I don't know, 20 years.
0: I'm not going to say it's awful. 18 years. I think it's probably just very dramatic. Mm-hmm. Like, the music is good. The mu- I remember the music being good. Like, the performances are great. But I just remember it being very dramatic and over the top. And I watched, mm-hmm. I watched it on YouTube a couple of months ago. And just the special effects were just like, whoa, this is dated. Just <laughs> really bad. <laughs> But other than that, the performances were, were good. I was talking to my sister last night, and I said uh, I'm pretty sure Hamilton wouldn't exist without Cinder this version of Cinderella because of the diversity of the cast. Yeah. I mean, I don't think it has a direct, you know, line to Lynn creating it, but maybe the casting yeah, think, of it, of Hamilton.
1: Uh, I know, like, he was intentional about Having a diverse cast, I don't think it's correlated to Cinderella, maybe because so is in the Heights.
0: I think that in the Heights is more reflective of the actual population and diversity of Washington yeah. Heights. Though I'm excited. I haven't talked to Grace about doing an episode on Cinderella, but it it may happen. I'm not do sure. Do it. Let's
1: do it. It's Black History. Month. <laughs> I mean, we've got a backlog right now. We've yeah. got we've got we've got stuff to do, and it's Black History Month, so. Why not?
0: This is true. Golden Globe nominations were announced, and Disney got a lot of good stuff. Uh, Onward was nominated for Best Animated Feature. Soul was nominated for Best Animated Feature and Best Original Score, making it the first Disney or Pixar nomination since Up to either oh, wow. be nominated or win in 2009. Hamilton this shocked me. Hamilton was actually nominated for Best Motion Picture, Musical, or Comedy.
1: Lynn has a has a G, right? He has he a has G. A Golden Globe?
0: He miss he's missing an O. He doesn't okay. have an Oscar. He has a Grammy. That's what the G stands for. Traditionally that's what the G stands for.
1: It's Golden Globe not one? No. Or are there two G's?
0: No. Oh it's, really? It's, it's it's just one G. Oh. It's uh, Emmy, Grammy, Oscar, Tony. Okay. Lin Manuel Miranda was also nominated for Best Actor in a Movie, Musical, or Comedy.
2: Interesting. How do we feel about that? I feel like it's not actually a film. Like they just recorded the Broadway show. Can you count that as a film?
0: I don't know. I don't know if there's precedent for it.
1: Yeah, and part of part of what makes me think like, okay, I can see it's a stretch, but I could see it, is that they did film parts of it without an audience like, separate from a performance so they could get some of those close-up shots. Mm-hmm. So there was, like, it was more than just recording a stage performance, but still, I don't know.
2: I mean, I love Hamilton, so I'm down for it getting all the awards. Just
1: That's true. Never. I do love Hamilton. I don't know why I'm fighting this. <laughs> I
0: don't know if it's going to win, but I don't know what would beat it.
1: What else is nominated?
0: Uh, let's look that up.
1: Okay... Golden Globe nominees. Best Picture. The Father. Mink. Land Promising Young Woman. Chicago 7. I hey. think oh, that's drama. Best Picture, Musical, or Comedy. Okay, so it'll be up against Music, Palm Springs, The Prom, and Borat's subsequent movie film. There you go.
0: I'm thinking Palm Springs might be best of those. I haven't seen Prom or... Uh the borat movie i'm not gonna watch the borat movie if i'm being honest i don't care
1: yeah
2: No.
0: also the mandalorian was nominated for best tv series for a drama
2: i still have not seen that
0: same but i don't know i think we'll get into this but i thought best original score was not outside the realm of possibility for this movie On any level. Mm -hmm. So I'm glad to see that it got nominated for that. And that's all I will say about that before we get into the actual film. Last piece of news. uh, Disney has decided to shut down, effective in April. Disney will be shutting down Blue Sky Studios, which was the home of the Ice Age franchise, the Rio franchise, Robots, Horton Hears a Who, among other animated films. Blue Sky Studios is the is fox's animation studio
1: huh i don't think i clocked that seuss was in disney now
0: no it's not it's just blue sky made that's a one-off important here's a who oh okay because the grinch film that came out what two three years ago with uh, benedict cumberbatch that was Illumination, and i I want to say i want to say the lorax was dreamworks hmm i'm sad to see those people lose their jobs especially with the way the world is right now mm-hmm. but yeah. i'm not exactly surprised
2: yeah 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 <laughs> honestly it's kind of about time the ice age franchise died if we're being honest <laughs> right i'm
1: thinking like i haven't seen i don't think i've seen any ice age movies past two but there are several
2: <laughs> like yeah there's, there's like six lot. of them now it's <laughs> Yeah, it's a lot.
1: I
0: think I've seen all of them, but only remember two.
2: They lost me when they got to the dinosaurs.
0: That's the last one I remember. Because I remember the, uh, what is it? The meerkat with the eye patch and the knife. Oh, yeah. Well, Blue Sky Studios has gone the way of the dinosaurs. Too soon.
1: <laughs> that was too soon.
0: <laughs> Let's talk about Burrow. The uh, short that was released with, on the same day, I won't say with, on the same day as Soul. I know I watched it beforehand because I wanted to feel like, oh, this is just like Pixar movies usually are. They have the short, and then you have the movie. what you guys think?
1: I didn't even think about it. Like, it, Tori messaged me a couple, or yesterday, when we were supposed to record, and I was like, hey, if you watch this, go watch it. And I don't know why I didn't think that there would be a short before um, Soul I liked it. that
2: was cute. Uh, I did the same thing. I also didn't watch it until yesterday, but I thought it was really good. The art style was really nice. Like it, I don't know what kind of style it is. I'm not an artist, but it looked really good. And I really loved the 2D animation. And the, whoever animated it did a fantastic job of capturing emotion on a cartoon rabbit. And getting across what he was feeling, even though there's no dialogue, no nothing, I thought it was really good.
0: The art style kind of reminded me of Mr. Frog and Mr. Toad.
2: Yeah, yeah,
1: there was definitely an old school quality, um, and like it reminded me of older cartoon storytelling, like Bugs Bunny and Looney Tunes, and that's it. And the music kind of only the music only supported that; it only improved. The storytelling and it felt kind of retro like it looked the the colors were kind of slightly more muted and brown toned sepia toned so i i agree i thought it was beautiful and i i really liked i mean i was thinking about it as it was happening or as i was watching i appreciate that pixar highlights uh storytelling without words frequently in the shorts um and, and like, that's one of the reasons why I love Wally, And this is a really nice job of, of doing that.
0: Pixar shorts have been really good about that from Jump. We talked about it when we did our bracket on the Pixar shorts. I think what, I, I don't remember what one. I remember uh, Jerry's Game was...
1: Jerry's Game, Luxo Lamp, um, For the Birds is one of my favorites.
0: Yeah. And it's all um, done without... Dialogue and it's done with you know facial expressions and good music.
1: I'm actually trying to. Are there any Pixar shorts that do have words? I'm thinking Bow. Bow doesn't have
0: doesn't have words.
2: Do you count Lava? It's singing. I think it came out. Yeah, I would count Lava. I think Lava counts.
0: Lava counts. in. I think those are the only ones. Yeah. There aren't many of them with. I mean, we're not counting the cars, too. The cartoons. um, Yeah. Or the the Forky
1: shorts. Forky's? Forky asks a question. (laughs) I love those. They're so weird. Love it. Thanks, Disney.
0: I liked Burrow a lot. I liked both this and Soul, I related to so much because uh, Burrow is about, if I can synopsize the short for a second it's about a bunny who is trying to I guess start her dream house and keeps as she burrows go figure deeper into the earth she keeps running into the people who already live in the earth and I I thought it was cute and funny because the bunny is you know just trying to find her own space and is trying to stay out of everyone's way even though everyone is so nice and they're not offended and they're not bothered the bunny is just kind of like i'm sorry i'm sorry i'll get out of the way and i relate to that so hard because that's kind of the way i am sometimes i just want to you know i want to build my own space and take up as little of someone else's space as possible like at the end when she cracks she cracks the the earth and the water's coming up and she's like, Oh no, I'm about to screw everything up. I'm really sorry. Please help me. And it's just, she just kind (laughs) of curls into a ball and I'm like, I feel that so hard sometimes. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Just it's rough sometimes. And then everybody's just so nice. And it's like, we got you. It's fine. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think like that's definitely uh, the lesson in there is, is sweet. And So I live in Seattle and Seattle's known for the Seattle freeze, uh, which is this uh, idea that people are really nice if like you're introduced to them um, or like if you're at a meeting with them or something like that. Like if you, when you first meet someone, it's a nice interaction, but then like no one's going to reach out, like they're not going to hang. So it's difficult to make new friends here. And so this kind of made me think of that, like, you have to dig a little deeper to get to the like the friendliness <laughs> you I to burrow that a little bit uh but then you get these great friends um
2: i think another thing that it really highlighted is like the way that we compare ourselves to each other and to the people around us because the whole time this the bunny is carrying around the pic- the picture that she drew of her dream house and Every time she comes up to somebody, every time she meets a new person, they show her their picture of their house and it's bigger and better than hers. And she like crumples it up and she hides it behind her back and she keeps it out of sight so nobody can see it until the very end after they've helped her. And she finally like realizes that she needs help and she shows it to them and they do everything that they can to help her build it.
0: I remember watching the, uh, the behind the scenes on it. And the director said that it's it's kind of autobiographical because that's how she was. I can't remember when. Um, I think when she started at Pixar, she wanted to, you know, do all the things and not need help. But in directing an animated short, you have to get help from a lot of people.
1: It's a good lesson to learn.
0: It's just so relatable. Yeah. It, it's pretty memorable. It's pretty memorable as, as a short I think it fits in pretty well with, well, it's a spark short. It's one of the spark shorts. Um, oh, okay. The ones that, like, uh, Pearl and uh, Smash and Grab and Kitbull.
1: Oh, I liked Kit
0: And And Float and Out. Those spark shorts it's... Just, just hit sometimes. They're so
1: just, mm-hmm. man. Is Float, oh, no, Float's the baby. What's the um, paper plane? Paper Man. Paperman.
0: Yeah that that one's not uh that's not a Pixar short. It's just a regular old Disney short.
1: Really? Yep. Yeah. Man. Okay. I, yeah, I
0: don't think Pixar did that one. I like the I like the Spark shorts that they've done. I'm waiting for them to do more uh, Project Short Circuit because they're very well. That's how they get their you know directors and their new writers and mm-hmm. everything. They get them from those the shorts programs. That's how we got um, Dummy She who's going to be directing uh, Turning Red. I think that's the next one after Luca.
1: *Paperman* was released with Ralph, Wreck-It Ralph. Okay. Which I, I always think Wreck-It Ralph is Pixar, but it's not.
0: It looks like it because Wreck-It Ralph was, it came out, I want to say In after Winnie the Pooh. It was Tangled and then Winnie the Pooh and then Wreck-It Ralph and then Frozen shut everything down. So the, the lines were blurred until Frozen. <laughs> all right, let's get to soul.
2: We only have a short time on this planet. You want to become the person that you were born to be? Don't waste your time on all the junk of life. What am I doing? Spend your precious hours doing what will bring out the real you. A passionate youth that's ready to contribute something meaningful into this world.
0: I got the gig. I really need a haircut today, man. Can you fit me in? Whoa, whoa, sorry. Huh.
2: Probably for doing this funny cowboy dance.
0: Great. Soul was released on Christmas Day, even though it was supposed to be released, like, July of 2020.
2: (laughs) June 19th.
0: Oh, sorry. June 19th of
2: 2020. <laughs> I marked it in my calendar as soon as I found out it was coming out.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I remember talking with you about that at, at work a lot. Me and Alyssa used to work together, by the way. And we would talk about it all the time. And then when it got delayed, we were bo- we were both crushed. Yeah.
2: And then Aww. it just got
0: pushed out of theaters all together. Yeah. It was co-directed by Pete Doctor, who directed Inside Out, Up, uh, and Monsters Inc., and Kemp Powers. It was written by Pete Doctor, Mike Jones, who was a, uh, on the senior creative team for Coco, Incredibles 2, and Toy Story 4, and uh, Kemp Powers, who wrote One Night in Miami, and he also wrote on uh, Star Trek Discovery as well. The film stars Jamie Foxx, Tina Fey, Graham Norton, Rachel House, who played Moana's grandmother. In Moana, oh. Alice Braga, Richard Ayoade, Felicia Rashad, Donnell Rawlings, Questlove, Angela Bassett, and David Diggs, who was in Blind Spotting and nothing else.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's nothing else David Diggs has been in. It.
0: He has done nothing, nothing else of note besides Blind Spotting. Wait, wait,
2: wait. He was yeah. in Wonder.
0: Nope, just <laughs> Blind Spotting. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, The music was done by John Batiste, Trent Reznor, and Atticus Ross. John Batiste did the songs, he did the jazz portion, and Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross did the rest of the score. Currently has a 95% on Rotten Tomatoes, an 83% on Metacritic, and an 8.1 out of 10 on IMDb. And if you're confused on whether that's good or not, for perspective, the 94 Lion King has an 8.5. Into the Spider-Verse has an 8.4, and Toy Story 3 has an 8.2. The current worldwide box office on it is million, but it outstreamed Wonder Woman 84, which opened the same day.
1: Dang. Man, yeah, I wanted Wonder Woman to be so much better than it was.
0: Same, I guess. I thought it couldn't be that bad and then it was and then it was it really was
1: i mean
2: yeah. i think the first one was overrated so
0: Ooh, shots fired <laughs> get him
1: i fighting words
2: it was good it just felt like watching the first captain america
0: that's very fair
1: yeah i'm kind of okay with that well that's fair
0: <laughs> let's stay out of spoilers right now what were your first impressions what did you guys think
2: I loved it. I had incredibly high expectations for this movie because, as I said before, I was waiting for well over a year before we had any information about it. And so it just kept getting built up and built up more in my mind. And I didn't really expect it to live up to the expectations that I had, but it did. Mm -hmm. It was different than what I expected, which I think was really good. I expected them to spend more time in the great before and mm-hmm. like kind of look back at his life and that's not quite how it happened. And so it was a little bit unexpected and I really loved it for that.
1: Yeah, I I liked it. I feel like I didn't really know like I'd watched trailers for it way before, but didn't watch a trailer anywhere near when it came out. So it was kind of a nice like kind of nice to go into a movie and not really know what to expect. Because it had been a minute, and we'd been anticipating it for a long time. I thought this was long. I thought it probably could have been about 20 minutes shorter. Um, But I did really like it, and I loved the soundtrack. So, yeah, I'll I'll go with that before we get into spoilers.
0: (laughs) I liked it, too. My expectations were high, but not as high as Alyssa's. Because I knew when they said that it's about, what is it, what makes you you... I was like that is very abstract where are we going with this Mm -hmm. and my expectations rose when I saw that it was a black jazz musician was going to be the protagonist I was impressed this movie looks great it left a better taste in my mouth than Onward did Um, I didn't hate Mm -hmm. Onward it just didn't impress me as much as this I thoroughly enjoyed this movie I can tell that Pixar has grown and mm-hmm. and with movies like this one. I'm gonna go ahead and drop a spoiler warning right here.
2: Uh... <laughs> Ooh,
0: do we want to give like letter grades before we get into the nits and grits of the movie?
1: Oh, sure.
0: I'll give it a solid A.
1: Okay. What about you, Alyssa?
2: An A. I guess A plus. I really loved it, so as high a grade as you can give it.
1: Grace is
0: gonna break our hearts, isn't she?
1: Yeah, I was gonna say like a B plus, A minus, a solid ninety.
0: That's (laughs) fine.
1: Maybe an eighty nine. I, for me, what it was is that it's. I've only seen it twice, and um, it doesn't stand out to me the way that some of the movies that I've really, really loved have. But I also tend to rate based on how much I'm attached to something rather than how good it actually is. I know you you
0: also have a cry factor in yours, too. (laughs) You have a a score multiplier if you you shed tears. If
1: I cry, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) Uh, I don't know that I... I don't think I did for this one. I'm trying to remember. There was one part where i may have cried but uh we'll get into that a little bit
0: okay official spoiler warning if you haven't seen soul go back watch it shall not pass (laughs) watch it form your own opinions then come back and listen to ours pass the spoiler warning grace what the heck (laughs) b plus explain explain yourself (laughs) okay
1: so <laughs> no I, th- I think it's like I, d- I don't have a super strong attachment to a grade even yeah like I I liked all of the elements separately I don't know if that makes sense like I I feel like I thought about this in segments like I thought about the story as one part and the music as one part um and the complexity as one part but like it never really came together for me. (laughs) This is kind of cerebral. Okay. Um, But but the whole movie is. So there were definitely, like, there were things that I liked. I thought it was beautiful. I loved, I loved Dorothea Williams. I thought that was such a great, she was a great role. And the bossness that she had was really great. At the end, when he gets to go on the stage, I could not help but think, like, that is some male privilege right there.
0: (laughs) Um, Oh
1: but <laughs> Wait, like at the
0: end when he's like if you don't go with me you're making the biggest yeah mistake. exactly oh,
1: yeah. yeah yeah there were there were just parts that i like i also like i i think this was too long it was an hour and 40 minutes um i think it probably should have been about an hour and 25 it also had i feel like it had too many parts like it had too many acts that could have flowed a little bit better but that's just me.
0: You're talking about when they uh, switch, like, he dies, goes to the great before, comes back, goes yeah. back to the great before, and then... Before.
1: Got it. Goes to find her. Yeah. Um, what would you cut? There's just a lot of... I think I just would have made something shorter. I, I think part of it, too, is it took a long time to get to the point. To get to... What was it? I wrote it down. Your spark isn't your purpose in life. Um, it took a long time to get there. I feel like it was, like, that was a moment. That was a big moment. But it didn't do a great job of building up to that moment. Um, so that it had, like, the weight that it should have, I think. It just, it didn't, like, quite gel together for me. But I, I really liked all of the parts separately.
0: You like chicken. You like tortillas. You like guacamole you like cheese but you don't like quesadillas so that
1: no because i do love quesadillas
0: (laughs) (laughs) sorry i'm hungry so that that came out that made no sense i i like what you said about dorothea williams and i just thought about this dorothea williams as a character kind of reminds me of anton ego from ratatouille because anton ego is kind of the like looming figure of Mm -hmm. you know remy and Linguini's dreams air quotes or their mission to you know Mm -hmm. keep their secret and dorothea williams kind of towards the end is the like she goes with she she challenges him in the beginning because she's you know a boss then she's like okay we're gonna go with this other guy and when he storms in and is like you gotta go with me and she's like oh really and then at the end, she comes around because he he's a great player and he plays wonderfully. And then she has that great quote, which I had to look. And honestly, it missed me the first time her anecdote about the fish and the ocean and water. It honestly kind of shocked me at the end when he was like, I thought I would feel differently about, you know, playing this awesome show and getting bass. He got his shot. Like he's mm-hmm. in he's in the he's in the band. He got everything he wanted and it's. It didn't hit. Yeah. It's like the opposite of the end of Charlie and the Chocolate Factory because he's like, don't forget what happens (laughs) to the the guy who got everything he wanted. He lived happily ever ever after. That's not what happened here. Or Mm -hmm. maybe.
1: I'm going to read that quote. So Joe says, it's just I've been waiting on this day for my entire life. I thought I'd feel different. And Dorothea says, I heard the story about a fish. He swims up to this older fish and says, I'm trying to find the thing they call the ocean. The ocean, says the older fish. That's what you're in right now. This says the young fish. This is water. What I want is the ocean. I'd forgotten about that. And I did really like that line. I'd never heard that before.
2: I think I really like that part in the movie because I think for me, the thing that this that it's about is learning to enjoy life for what it is and not for what you can do or what you can get out of it but learning to truly love and enjoy life for what it is and be okay with that because so often especially for kids who this movie is aimed at they're told growing up that they need to know what they're going to do with their lives like you're expected mm-hmm. to make a decision about your entire rest of your life at 18 years old And that's just insane. And you spend your whole life looking for the next thing that you're going to do. And that quote is like this thing that you're looking for, the purpose, the meaning, the joy that you're looking for, you already have it. You already have life. It's waiting for you to realize that it's all around you.
1: I love that. And it's also scary. It's scary from a like, I don't know what my spark is. I don't know what makes me passionate right now. And that sucks. Um, I for dang sure know what my
0: purpose is.
1: Like, Right. Um, I'm not, yeah. Like, what do I want to leave? And I don't know. Something good? Like, I want to have an impact.
0: What is a legacy? <laughs>
2: <laughs> do we want to start that conversation right now? <laughs> yeah. But
1: I do like... The super simple part of that is you don't have to be the best at something to – for it to have meaning in your life, which is, like, I'm a very competitive person. I'm frequently looking for the next thing. And so to, like, have that kind of rubbed in my face, like, yeah, like, I know. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I should find a hobby.
0: (laughs) I mean, you're already a podcaster, so.
1: I am. Yeah, I – you know, not so, not as much recently, but I feel like that'll pick up once I finish. Travel is definitely, is definitely a spark. Like, I'm not gonna do that professionally, although, like, Amber and I would rock a travel show. Brings me joy, not my career.
0: No reservations with Mac and the Fox.
1: <laughs> oh my gosh, right? That'd be great.
0: What did I like about this movie? What didn't I like about this movie? <laughs> the music was phenomenal. The- Beautiful black people in this movie was great there are so many fantastic shots one that i will pick out is the end where uh, i think it's after he has his epiphany and it's just showing different points like it's i think it starts with the fireworks and it goes to different points mm-hmm. like it shows the city or no it shows joe's apartment it shows the band room it shows the city it zooms out to show the country. That it shows the world those shots were fantastic and the music on top of them it was very it was very emotional for me because i've never seen a pixar movie i've never seen an animated movie look this good
2: yeah the animation was something that really stood out to me too because there's so many different contrasts like when he's in new york the colors are very warm it's lots of browns and earth tones and in the great before it's lots of cool colors like pastels and stuff and then the where the lost souls are it's all like dark purples and blues and things like that and so you move through these different contrasts and it made it really appealing to me like it was just really nice to look at and it made it very clear and distinct which part of this universe you were in
1: I do want to talk about the great before. Did this vibe pyramid scheme to anyone else?
2: What do you mean? <laughs> Maybe a bit. It, just, it it
1: felt very it felt very evangelist. I'm trying to I'm trying to find the good good words to describe it, but it it felt very like I'm going to like this is great. Like everyone get on board. We're all going to do this great thing together and you're going to level up and Then you're going to go off into the universe and it's going to be great. (laughs) It just, it felt very unrealistic. But I guess, like, that's the point is it's, you've got these pure, these pure souls.
0: I I want to use the word abstract because, like Jerry says, none of the, like Jerry and 22 says, none of this is real. It's just his interpretation of it. you know in a way that his brain can understand and like you said they're just pure souls and they look cute because it's a kid's movie they could have looked Mm -hmm. you know a lot more drab a lot less colorful like that episode of uh, the fairly odd parents where someone wishes that everyone was the same and they're just gray blobs it could have been like Mm -hmm. that but that wouldn't have looked as good on the big screen All of the new souls had... They were all kind of... Not monotone, but...
1: They're all the same until they weren't...
0: Yeah. You're all the same until you go to Earth and, you know, get your personality. And, you know, you're the same when you find your spark, maybe, but you're different when you find your... No, I'm not going to get into that. That's that's not (laughs) not right. But, you know, they're all the same until you get to Earth. That's when you become different.
1: I did really, like... Quiet (laughs) coyote. I did love that.
0: (laughs) My favorite part was: Is this heaven? No, is this uh, H E double hockey stick? H E double. Like hell, 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 hell. (laughs) Okay. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah, Quiet Coyote, I feel like it's something that I would, if I was ever around people again, I feel like that's something I would use. Or <laughs> 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 if I was in a band classroom for, existence, mm-hmm. for uh, instance.
0: Yeah, that band scene at the beginning why. was spot on.
2: <laughs> yeah. Flashbacks? Anywhere? I watched it and thought it was really funny, but I was homeschooled, so I was never anywhere near a band class. And so I texted Tori. I was like, "Is this what it's like?"
1: And he was like, <laughs> "Yep. Yes.
2: <laughs> yep. Pretty yep. much."
0: That's what it is.
1: One hundred percent. Yeah. That's I great. have a
0: lot of friends who are band directors, and I would like to hear them kind of sound off if they if they can about like how accurate that is. Like, I forgot my sax. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I forgot my instrument for the
2: day. The kid sucking Skittles into his trumpet.
0: Which is it really possible? <laughs> Yo, that kid's got some lungs. My favorite line in that scene was when he uh, he goes on and on about what it means to him to be a jazz musician and to, you know, love music. And he kicks it to Connie. He's like, Connie knows what I'm talking about. And she's like, I'm twelve
2: <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> when he goes outside the classroom. And he's like, you're giving my ears a break. And the kid walks out right then and he goes, hey! it's
0: like, you're good. He's not good. All of that is realistic. (laughs) How did you guys feel about the whole story of it all? The idea that this is how, in one interpretation, this is how you find your, you know, your spark leads you to finding your purpose. And like the concept of, you know, this is what fuels your soul.
2: I think in an ideal world that that's how it works. Like you find something, there's something that you love doing and you're able to actually build your life around that thing. I think in reality, that's not how it happens. I think most people have the thing that they love and that gets pushed off to the side and they do the things that they have to do to get through life, hoping that someday, some somehow they'll get to do the thing that they love.
0: It's like the idea that you should have, not everybody, but a lot of us in, you know, in the world now, it's, we, you know, we have to work and hopefully that work gives us fulfillment and we like it. But I've read things that you should have three hobbies, a hobby that keeps you healthy, a hobby that gets you paid, and the hobby that you enjoy doing. And there's a little bit of that in this, in that, like, in the conversation with his mom, he says, I love being a musician. Like, I love – basically, I love gigging. I love playing jazz. Yeah. But I understand that being a teacher pays the bills.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah, I think it's – like, it's a very simplified approach to existence. Um, <laughs> but I, it also doesn't really – it doesn't really resonate with me. And maybe that's just where I'm at right now, which is very, like – I mean, a very transitional point in my career and school. I think there's a nurture element that's missing from this. Like, yeah, people are, are born with certain personalities and interests. And I guess they they kind of covered it in, in twenty two. Like she didn't have she didn't have her spark until she went and did things. Um, and I think that's way more realistic. What do
0: you think her spark was?
1: I don't know. I you,
0: Besides pizza.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I think it was I think it was something to do about like humanity, like being surrounded by all of these people doing all of these different things. Like they all have their own interests and everyone is she comes from a world where you know, they're kind of creating all of these souls that at first are all the same and then they're in a really structured way gaining an element that prepares them to go into the real world. Um, But in its own way, that's just uh, another kind of clone. And so I think for her to experience all of these different personalities and people who look different and people who sound different, I think that kind of made the idea of living or being on Earth more interesting, worth the hard. She was so content, just chilling out in the... Great before, but it's also like she wasn't really getting joy. It was just convenient and easy.
0: I think her spark was living, because there are those people that like I love life or I'm high on life. I think like her spark was just seeing what living was like. Because there, I mean, it's kind of it's kind of on the nose when he's like, "That's just regular old living." Yeah, and
2: I think that was kind of my thought process too. That it was just life itself that. Made it real and complete for her. Like, knowing that she could come to Earth, and like Grace was saying, like, it would be hard, but she realized once she was there that it was worth it.
0: Even us on this show made this comparison. Do you think that this movie got its point across? I'm not going to say better, but cleaner than Inside Out?
1: Man, it's been a minute since I've watched Inside Out, but I felt like I understood Inside Out more as a whole. Like, it it wasn't as complex as this was. So I think this is probably better than Inside Out, but um, maybe a little more disjointed.
0: Inside Out is what if what if feelings had feelings? Soul is, what if souls had feelings? <laughs> what if souls had souls?
1: That's <laughs> uh, very meta.
0: <laughs> it is. So the music and the score and the sound design on this was phenomenal. We knew beforehand that it was going to be about jazz. It was going to have ja- a heavy jazz influence. I didn't know how much I would enjoy the like the ethereal parts of the score.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: When when Joe falls, like when he jumps off of the, I'm going to call it the fretboard to the afterlife <laughs> because it looks like a fretboard on a guitar or fingerboard on mm-hmm. a guitar. Yep. The the music that follows, it's just so. You know, it kind of reminded me of uh, the Daft Punk score from Tron Legacy. It it was just so kind of perfect and spot on for what they were going for.
1: Yeah, I need to listen to this. I haven't listened to the soundtrack separately yet, and I need to. The jazz parts stood out to me way more than the the rest of the soundtrack mm-hmm. and the awful band kids. <laughs> <laughs> um, Uh, but yeah, like the, the jazz, like took me back to Chicago more than anything, which was kind of cool, but
0: I'm still curious as to how they got the bad opening with the Disney logo and the Disney opening music. Like, did they record? I'm, I'm, I'm wondering, did they record a, a middle school band playing it badly Did they tell the kids what it was
2: for? I like to imagine it's really great musicians that they made play it badly. No, I don't think so.
1: Is that even possible?
2: I think it'd be funny if it did.
1: I hope not. I hope (laughs) it was. I I wonder if this is like in the facts about the movie on IMDb. No,
0: they say nothing about it. It's not. There's nothing about (laughs) it. Something else that I love about this movie and something that I always look for when there are animated or car- just cartoons about mm-hmm. uh, or non-live action things with music and musicians playing, how accurate the movements are
1: it's Yeah, pretty
0: pretty good. It's pretty close. Because yeah. I know they, for the piano playing, they took video of John Batiste and they just animated to that. But that's awesome. I mean, the trombone work, Connie is better than any, you know, middle schooler I've ever heard.
1: Yeah, that was a little, (laughs) I did kind of have a thought. I was like, oh, trombones Trombones take a second to sound that good. Um...
0: (laughs) And she wanted to quit. Like, yo. but that's kind of how it was in middle school. You know, like some of the good kids, like it, it wasn't cool to be good. And, Mm -hmm. you know, Connie clearly showed a love or a passion for music that she got made fun of for. And in middle school, it's, you know, not great to be an outsider. So I kind of empathize with what she was, you know, dealing with. Because I've seen it so many times with former band friends and stuff like that who were just like, meh, I'm out. Quest Love being a drummer is a hat on a hat.
1: I, uh, I'm glad I didn't look at the cast before. <laughs> like, I think I, I, at one point I knew some of the actors, but yeah, I'm glad I didn't look before. Cause it's always, it's always nice to like identify someone if you don't know, but then also like, I don't want to be distracted by like, oh, that's David Diggs. <laughs> I thought
0: he was going to have a bigger role because it was like, David mm-hmm. Diggs is in Soul, Like he's kind of in Soul. <laughs> He's yeah, there for... he has like one scene that's it <laughs> like Questlove has more yep. lines than David Diggs does what are some standout characters that you guys are like this person was
1: you know just hit a sweet spot for you I mean Dorothea for me
2: aside from the main characters I really liked the barber the whole mm-hmm. interaction with mm-hmm. him I thought was really good and how you see with him like how you can interact differently with people like joe only ever interacted with him as the barber but 22 Mm -hmm. learns his whole life story in a matter of minutes and you see that he actually cares about learning things about people and knowing who they are Mm
0: -hmm. as
2: long as you take the time to ask
0: I want to talk about that uh, barbershop scene because I was watching some of the, the behind-the-scenes footage or the behind-the-scenes material that is on Disney+. Plus. Kemp Powers thought that the barbershop scene, like barbershops were so authentically black. He's like, we got to put like something that would be a part of Joe's character as a black man and getting ready for the gig of his life is getting a haircut. So he wrote mm-hmm. the barbershop scene for him for that for that reason just to and to make it you know more authentic and everything and make it you know real Mm -hmm. and it's one of my favorite scenes because it's it's so it i love what it does to joe's perspective on everything and i love how just how homely how homey that that scene feels it's such a warm Mm -hmm. and authentic you know scene because i mean i've been to barbershops before and it's like yeah that's how it is and it's it's Mm -hmm. just a Just such a community feeling.
2: Yeah, I think that's why I liked the scene so much, is that you see the community there. Like, the way that they interact with Joe and uh, David Diggs' character. I don't remember his name.
1: Paul. Paul. Curly? No, no, Paul. Curly
2: the drummer. yeah, Yeah. They just, they immediately pick sides, and they encourage each other, and you get to see this, like, a real glimpse at the community and the culture that they're trying to portray more than probably anywhere else in the movie.
0: One of the standout characters for me, besides Terry, which I thought was hilarious. yeah. Terry is me when I'm at work. (laughs) Uh, Yep. (laughs) You're not supposed to. Can confirm. (laughs) (laughs) It's just going to out me like that. Wow.
2: Hey, you started it. (laughs)
0: Uh, one of my favorite characters is uh, his mom, because number one, mm-hmm. Felicia Rashad is a fantastic actress, and it was another. Just that's how that's how moms are. I want I want what's best for you, and I may misunderstand, you know, what you want for you, but I'm you know I'm on your side, and mm-hmm. just the side eye that she gives him on multiple occasions. <laughs> Oh, it's, so, it's <laughs> so relatable and recognizable, and just, it was a great performance.
2: I appreciated her character, too, because she really was on his side. Like, when, she mm-hmm. came, when he came and told her that they finally wanted to make him a full-time employee at the school, she was like, great, now you can make a career out of music. And, like, that hurts because mm-hmm. it's not the career he wanted, but she also was acknowledging at the same time that, music was something he loved and he was now going to be able to make a living out of it the way that he hadn't before she was supportive and not supportive at the same time
1: i love that you called that out as like a positive flip on that because i was very much focused on the the negative part like on his feelings in that scene but also like like his disappointment and feeling like he his passion for gigging wasn't wasn't being appreciated Mm -hmm. or valued in the same way yeah but like Tori I mean how many of our friends in college have had that conversation with their parents like oh you're going to music school what are you what are you gonna do with that
2: yeah
0: (laughs) it definitely reminds me of the scene in Whiplash like I think it's at Thanksgiving and he's talking about Miles Teller's character how much of an opportunity it is for him to be at one of the top schools or schools of music in New York and his family who are I think it's his cousins are all football players who are at Mm -hmm. you know D1 schools you know the point of playing football in college is to hopefully get to the NFL right but they're all at D1 school or D3 schools which are lower than Mm. down the rung and you're making fun of me because I want to I'm I want to be a musician which is a you know long shot job but you are at a you're In a division at a school that gets you no closer to getting into the league. You're worse than me, but you're looking down on me. Reminds me of that. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of jokes in this. What are some of the funnier moments that you remember?
1: Quiet coyote. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I liked that. I liked um, 22's fascination with pizza. (laughs) Um,
0: I mean, it's a completely understandable. (laughs) It's a perfectly (laughs) cromulent obsession.
1: Yeah. I, well, I'm not so much funny, but the Hall of Sparks, is that what it was Hall called? Hall of Everything. What was it called? Hall of Everything. Hall of that everything. was cool. I want to go explore that. <laughs> Popping and locking
0: <laughs> Windmills, mills, settling my disputes to dance. <laughs> yeah. Did you guys notice that uh, one of the ladies that worked at the dress shop looked like Edna Mode?
1: no i
0: didn't shed the shed the the bob and then Mm -hmm. the glasses yeah she looks exactly like i don't
2: wow i'm never gonna be able to not see that now (laughs) thanks for that yeah you're welcome she's taller yeah
1: what about you what stood out what moment stood out
2: i think one of my favorite running ones (laughs) was 22's mentors And Mm -hmm. how it was all of these, like, great thinkers and psychologists and humanitarians, and she made them all hate her. Mm -hmm. Like, Mother Teresa was like, I have compassion for every soul, except you. (laughs) I noticed on rewatching it that when he goes into her, like, hideout, all of the name tags of the mentors are on there, and it's like, Teddy Roosevelt, and I think like JFK is on there. There's a ton of people on there. Just about every famous person is stuck to this wall that she is basically defeated.
0: I have a a list of a lot of them. I got this from IMDb. I didn't try, I didn't pause this and write all these down. Uh, So there's Jack Kirby, who is a co creator in Marvel Comics, Joe Rampt who is a, who was a writer on the original Toy Story. Aretha Franklin, Grace O'Malley, Eleanor Roosevelt, Pablo Picasso, Confucius, Joan of Arc, Amelia Earhart, Harvey Milk, Catherine the Great, Nelson Mandela, Harriet Tubman, Marvin Gaye, George Orwell, Marie Curie, Johnny Cash, Vincent Van Gogh, Babe Ruth, and then there's all the ones that they did show us, like Abe Lincoln and Mother Teresa and uh, Muhammad Ali and uh... <laughs> what's the other one? <laughs> I'm laughing <laughs> because when she's uh, talking with Abe Lincoln and she says, "Are you sure you're okay with just being on a penny?" Because they put ja- <laughs> they put Jackson on the tour.
1: 20- <laughs>
2: You're really okay being on a penny. Well,
1: of course, it's an honor. Okay, but they put Andrew Jackson on the twenty. Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> and then he breaks out. I I liked the variety in the mentors that they gave her um, mm-hmm. to really to really drive the point home. But you've got all different eras, you've got all different professions and specialties. Mm-hmm
2: personalities talked about some of the more serious ones i think one of my favorite funny ones was the very end when they send joe back to earth and he's like what about terry what do like how did you convince him and they cut to him counting the souls and he's like wait a second and they make him look away and just flip one of the counters over when he's not looking
0: (laughs) (laughs) it's the easiest it's the easiest go around ever
2: yeah it's just like oh oh never mind
0: (laughs) i was thinking about terry like how does he know the count's even off he's not looking at people going in it seems like he's counting based on like the bug zapper sound that happens whenever people go to the great beyond
2: Mm -hmm. i think he somehow knows how many are supposed to go through because I don't know if it says it in the movie, but in the trailers he says like there are this many souls that go into the great beyond every day and I count every single one of them. So I think he just knows how many are supposed to be going.
0: Okay. There's a little bit of trivia that we could go through. This is Pixar's twenty third film. I thought it was I thought it was gonna be twenty second because they named you know, twenty two, twenty two. But it's their twenty mm-hmm. third film. It's Pete Doctor's first film, without the oversight of John Lasseter.
1: Oh, I didn't know that. That's yeah. cool.
0: Yeah, John Lasseter. Well done. It's this. I want to say it's the first, first or second full film without John Lasseter being involved. I think Onward mm-hmm. may be the first, if anything. It's the first African American protagonist in a Pixar movie. Uh, there was there were a lot of things that I appreciated that are uniquely black. Like when he's like in the shower, he's like, if you want, if you put a little lotion on me, I'd appreciate it. I'm like, yeah, that's real.
2: That That is real. Uh,
0: Banaka is a joke that I heard my entire life for people with bad breath. I appreciated that he was, he was the first black protagonist, but this film was inherently not about race. Like it,
2: mm-hmm.
0: nothing to do with it. Yeah. And something I thought was funny was that in the credits, they changed production babies, which is the name for the babies that are born during production. They changed it to mm-hmm. recent youth seminar graduates.
1: Yeah, I <laughs> noticed that. <laughs> yeah. That's cute.
0: At the end of the credits, they said created by Pixar in homes at least six, away, six feet away from each other.
1: Oh, <laughs> I did see that. I did notice that.
0: And I'm not going to get into it, but there are so many in the Hall of You. There's so many uh, former Pixar references, like the broccoli pizza from Inside Out is in the Hall of You or the Hall of Everything when they're testing, uh, when they're trying to eat pizza. There's so many (laughs) Easter eggs everywhere.
2: Did you notice that the the psychologist that Joe's pretending to be when they're showing his like the hall of his life there's a statue of him holding a child's hand that looks like the walt and mickey statue that's at disney
0: i didn't see that oh it's
2: that's just cool. like tossed in the background somewhere mm-hmm. i noticed it on the second or third watch
0: pixar movies are becoming they're kind they're becoming like marvel movies like how many easter eggs can we fit into can we see in one shot
2: yeah mm-hmm.
0: and i found john ratzenberger i found out who he was <laughs> He's the guy on the uh, subway that Joe bumps into.
2: Okay. Yeah. Gotcha.
0: I really hope this movie wins best original score. Cause I think the score mm-hmm. like between the jazz and the etherealness of the, the great before scenes and then all the, you know, traditional score stuff, like when he has his epiphany at the end, that was kind of the cry moment for me because it was just such a soothing scene. And it's just, mm-hmm. it's, it's so like, Trying to think of a word that describes epiphanies, but it was just so revelatory that
1: mm-hmm.
0: he has that moment, and then he just and then he has the single tear himself. So,
1: mm-hmm. yeah.
0: Which Pixar director think, do you think has the best filmography?
1: I'm looking at the list right now.
0: Because um, Pete Doctor has directed Monsters Inc., Up, Inside Out, and Soul.
2: Oh, then it's Pete Doctor. Yeah. Three of those four are. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like some of my favorite Pixar movies
0: like I haven't seen I haven't really read anybody's list on where they think soul fits but like up and inside out are consistently like either top 10 or top 5 on people's lists yeah But I mean Andrew Stanton did Finding Nemo Wally, and Finding Dory Brad Bird did The Incredibles Ratatouille and Incredibles 2 Dan Scanlon did Monsters U and Onward John Lasseter did Toy Story, A Bug's Life, Toy Story 2, Cars, and Cars 2. Lee Unkrich did Toy Story 3 and Coco, and then there's a sprinkling of the ones that did that only have one film under the belt. I would say, like, percentage-wise, it's between Pete Docter and Lee Unkridge.
2: Oh,
1: yeah. Toy- okay. I was going to say Andrew Stanton uh, with Finding Nemo, Wally, and Dory, just because I love Finding Nemo and Wally so much. But as far as, like, impact and production value, um, yeah, I think you're probably right.
0: Because Toy Story 3 and Coco made everybody cry. You said it yourself. Man.
1: <laughs> Ugh, so hard.
0: I was watching Toy Story I 3 the other day. still
1: cry. I still cry when I watch Toy Story 3. <laughs> and every time, the conveyor belt scene, like, every time I get so freaked out. I'm just like, and I never remember how it's resolved. Now I do. But the first like four or five times I saw it, I was like, Oh my gosh, how are they gonna get out of this? I know they do, but how? So never gets old.
0: That scene is forever broken for me because it's foreshadowed. Don't ruin it. It's foreshadowed at the beginning of the movie.
1: Why would you say that? <laughs> Why would you just ruin that for me? This
0: is what I do with this is what I do on the podcast. I'm the hey, I noticed this thing guy. Rude. I am who I am. <laughs> My cry moment is not the uh, furnace scene. It's from when Andy starts introducing the toys to Bonnie to the mm-hmm. end. That's it. Like yeah, I'm I'm in a puddle. That's like sobbing. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Ugly crying. Just oh ugly God. crying. Okay, back to
1: back to Soul. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> so where do you? Where would you rank? Where would we rank Soul? Amongst Pixar films, top tier, top ten, top five.
1: I feel like I had a list somewhere, and now I'm wishing I could figure that out. Let me let me do a book.
0: What do you think, Alyssa? That's
2: definitely top five for me.
0: Alyssa, what are your top five? Just unrefined. You don't have to order them. <laughs> just like, what are your top five?
2: Okay, I have a really hard time with this because there's some that yeah. I. I have about six or seven that I really love.
0: I'm pretty sure I've asked you this question like five times. Five or six times at least.
2: (laughs) I don't know that I've ever answered you, though. It's too hard a question. I'm going to do my best here. I think Soul is top five for sure. And then Monsters, Inc. and Up. Monsters, Inc. because I loved it so much as a kid. And Up is just fantastic. And then... I think Coco goes in my top five too, and Inside Out is up there. The Incredibles is up there. Honestly, I think Onward might be in my top five too.
1: What really?
2: Hot <laughs> <laughs> take. Uh,
1: I just really enjoyed
2: it. It was. It felt different than a lot of the Pixar movies, and it was another one that I waited a really long time for. I had. I heard about it when I was, I don't know, it was probably four years before it came out. It was just like a little like one sentence thing on the Wikipedia page for Pixar that it was a possibility. So I enjoyed it. I think Barley is one of the best Pixar characters.
0: I need to see it again. I think I agree with
1: you, but I need to watch it again. I think this makes top 10 for me, but not top five.
0: Same. I think it's mid top ten. Yeah, eight, seven, six range, maybe.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, real quick, Grace, what do you got for drunk Disney?
1: Uh, okay, so I need a little bit of help. I we have anytime someone says spark, anytime Terry shows up, because <laughs> I feel like he would just make me want to drink if I was a Jerry. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> and then I need one more. What do you think? Anytime someone plays jazz?
2: Every time they use the word jazz as a verb. Jazzing. (laughs) You were jazzing.
0: Ooh, drink anytime you hear jazz music.
2: I feel like that's... Because
0: you get that break when you're in the great beyond, or the great before.
1: Yeah, but then it's kind of like continuous. I don't know. What about anytime 22, try something new?
0: Okay, because that gets you through... You've got some...
1: You've but, got some stuff in uh, the great before,
0: and then there's all the stuff and then on her. Mm-hmm. And when she, uh, when she becomes a what a lost soul. Yo, we didn't even talk <laughs> yeah. about the lost souls. I relate oh. to that so
1: hard. Yeah. yeah, that was that was dark, and um,
2: it was a lot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah,
0: this movie is relatable on so many levels.
2: I think that was one of my other standout moments was when 22 becomes a lost soul and Joe goes to find her and he like goes into her head and you see all of Mm -hmm. these people, these mentors that she'd had and the way that she heard everything that they said. And it really hits Mm -hmm. home with Joe when she hears Joe saying, you would never be here without me. You're so stupid. Something along those lines. And it's close Mm -hmm. enough to what he said that you know the exact moment she's remembering, but it's also not what he said at all. It's just how she heard it and how she internalized it. I thought that was a really great depiction of something that I've seen so many times in college students that I work with.
0: One of the realest things in this movie, and it kind of, uh, oh, 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 and it parallels when joe is looking back on his life and all the rejection he got from his gigs mm-hmm. and he's like that's not how i remember it yeah it's the exact yeah. same thing
2: yeah i didn't even notice that
0: <laughs> there are so many different talking points with this movie and like the idea of lost souls and then 22 as a lost soul two different things that are so conversationally sound yeah so uh what do we got for Junk disney grace
1: uh, anytime someone says Spark, anytime Terry shows up, and anytime 22 tries something new. Cool. Love it. We haven't done a drunk Disney in a minute. We haven't. I think
0: soon. We might have to do another live, uh, live episode. Well, no, that won't work over Zoom. That'll be really weird. <laughs> and very hard to cut together.
1: I mean, Disney has the synced streaming thing now.
0: Oh, you're right. <laughs> hmm. Yeah. We should do that for Anastasia. Just saying. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Speaking of things we should do in the future, we have a lot of episodes coming up that I'm really excited for that um, we're still getting people for. We have uh, parts two and three of the Muppets bracket, which uh, we're going to smush those into one episode. I'm really excited and looking forward to our Song of the South review slash retrospective. Riot and the Last Dragon will be available Mm -hmm. on Disney Plus on March 5th, so we're going to talk about that soon. And the aforementioned Anastasia will be coming soon. We'll have Deanna. Who is a princess. (laughs) I mean, she's a duchess. Not the same thing. Uh, We'll have Deanna from- She
1: was a princess too. What? She was a princess to the Tsar. Yeah.
0: I'm going to save her for the episode. (laughs) saving it for the episode she won't be on my side but Deanna from Faith Trust and Pixie Dust will be joining us for that one I'm really excited she's really excited it's going to be a great episode because I can't wait to both talk nicely and meanly about Anastasia as a movie
2: technically Pocahontas is as much of a princess as Anastasia is
0: boom she's Anastasia, I mean, Pocahontas isn't a princess either. She's the daughter of a public figure, which isn't the same thing. She's the chief's daughter. Same I with Malata. I think Milana. you're missing
1: the, the point of Disney princess.
0: Anastasia is neither Disney nor princess.
1: Hush. So. <laughs> Listen.
0: And if you say- She is now. I mean, are you saying that because she's on Disney Plus? Because Ice Age is on Disney Plus too. Does that make Sid a Disney prince? Hmm?
1: No. <laughs> Duh. <laughs>
0: saving it for the episode (laughs) to be continued (laughs) to be continued we will also be having another trivia night soon i haven't figured out which day because i have to put together the slideshow and everything i have to put together the trivia questions and figure out when you guys want to have it so stay tuned for that hopefully Alyssa will be able to join us for trivia night because it's so much fun there will be prizes there were prizes last time and mm-hmm. I've gotten some good prizes for this one too. I'm really excited about the prizes I got.
2: <laughs> I really wanted to join the last time, but it just it didn't happen. I was at home with my parents and it yeah, it was not gonna work.
0: Thank you, Alyssa. Thank you very much for joining us. I hope you I hope you had fun.
2: Oh I did. <laughs> I love analyzing things. <laughs> <laughs> It was a good time. Thanks for having me.
0: You're welcome. Hopefully we can have you back yeah. uh, in the future for uh, other stuffs.
2: Yeah, I'm down.
0: Do you have anything to plug? Any stuff you want to, you know, shout out?
2: No, I have no life and <laughs> no interests. <laughs> <laughs> <So.
0: laughs> Besides Disney movies and books.
2: Pretty much. Yep.
0: <laughs> there, there are a section of our fans who are just like that. Disney movies and books. They love both. So yeah. You're not alone. you can follow disney versus on most social medias we are on facebook at facebook.com slash disney versus on twitter at disney vs and we are now on instagram if you missed our last episode we're now on instagram at disney versus podcast you can follow me and my cooking adventures hashtag disney cookbook challenge i received the disney parks cookbook for christmas and I am cooking my way through the entire book in twenty twenty one. I'm now on. I just finished recipe number seven, which were Mickey sugar cookies. Made those uh, two nights ago. Yeah, those things were thick, two seeds, but they were Good? delicious. Yeah, they were great. I didn't have to fight a. I didn't have to fight anybody, any middle aged people over the the cookie cutters at Joanne's.
2: Well, that's good.
0: I didn't want to have to take anybody's knees out, take any hips out either. <laughs> for, the,
1: for the Mickey cookie cutters?
0: Yep. They're on clearance, that's too. Me. There was going to be it was gonna be a bloodbath. Remember to rate, review, and subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. Please leave us a five-star review. Uh, if you leave us a five-star review and a comment on Facebook or iTunes, we will read them on the air. All our new fans that we have because we're famous, please let us know what you think. (laughs) Grace, what should they give us on Google Podcast?
1: Uh, Wait, are we still on Google Podcast?
0: Yeah, we are.
1: Oh, I thought there was a reason why we stopped doing ratings.
0: (laughs) Oh no, the bit's dead. (laughs) We can't do the bit anymore.
1: (laughs) Is is there or no? I think...
0: Google. I don't think Google Podcast we... has a rating system. I think
1: it's just... Oh! It. I mean, that was always the joke, is that we didn't know.
0: Yeah, that's what it was. <laughs> oh no, none... the bits ruined. Because
1: neither of us listened Soiled to it, it on Soiled Google Podcasts. Um, please give us 18.2 sugar cookies. Out of 10? <laughs> yep. How much is .2 of
0: a sugar cookie? I'm going to go
1: figure
0: that
1: out. <laughs> it's the crumble that... Like, that little bit when you break off the ear, and then there's that little crumble left. That's got it. Okay, got it. it. It's confusing, I know. It's Very.
0: Everyone be safe out there. We are still in the middle of a pandemic. Wear your mask, wash your hands, so on and so forth. We have a lot of episodes that we are excited to get to, so uh, stay tuned for those. They're going to be fun. Let us know what you think, please. Thank you for listening, as always, and we will see you guys next episode. Bye. Now everybody clap your hands, give yourself a chance, cause you've got so